Hey everybody, welcome or welcome back to the Fuel Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. We want to thank all of you that give generously to this ministry. It's because of your giving that this ministry is possible. To give, you can visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Are you ready for the word today? I feel like Rocky Balboa about to fight Apollo Creed today. I am on assignment today, and I'm asking you to put your seatbelt on. Go ahead. Everybody do this physically. Come on, just do it. Participate with me. This is an audience participation church. Sir, you're not doing it in the back. Please put your seatbelt on, sir. Man, back here. Go ahead. Yep. Lock and load. Here we go. We are in part three of our message series as we study through the book of Galatians. And um, if you weren't able to be here for the other two messages, they are available. Just ask somebody. They're everywhere, and you can get caught up. But I want to give you a little background. We're, we're in the book of Galatians, uh, which is a book that Paul the Apostle wrote. Uh, Paul was a church planter. That's what the word apostle means. He would plant the church. He would establish the leadership, establish the doctrine, and then he would move to the next city and plant a church. Well, after he left Galatia, um, he got word back that some people were coming behind him and trying to get these new believers, these new Christians to go back to works and go back to the law and go back to really uh, self-help. And this is what you got to do to be saved. And, and Paul writes them and says, listen, you're, you're turning to another gospel. This, this isn't the right gospel. And so we, we went in to study uh, the two different options of the gospel. And we find it in the first book of the Bible, the uh, book of Genesis. We find the story of Adam and Eve when they were faced with a decision. They had two choices. In that garden, there were two trees. And God said, hey, you can eat from this tree, but this one right here, uh, don't touch or you will surely die. And we've seen that there's two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so really there's two choices. It's either the tree of life, which, which has relationship, which has grace, which has love, which, which empowers us to have the right view of God, knowing that he's accepted us, that he loves us and that he's for us. And in this tree of life, we, we obey him not out of duty, but out of delight because we want to. And then there's the second choice, and that's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And that tree is where we find religion. That's where we find works. That's where we find trying and trying harder and harder. If I could just do more, then God will be pleased with me. God will be happy with me. And, and here's where we experience a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of condemnation. And uh, it, it's not a fun place to be. And so really this whole series, and more specifically today's message, is a foundational message for our church. If, if you were to say, Jacob, I, I, you need to preach one message that explains the gospel of grace. Ex uh, preach one message. It would be this message today. If I were to preach one series that would explain what Christianity is all about, it would be this series on the book of Galatians. That's how big this is for you and for our church. It's a series we will revisit uh, in the future. And I, I, and I already know we're hearing the reports back. It's helping a lot of people, both new people to the faith and those who have been in the faith for some time. And so let's dive in. We're in chapter three today. Your, your homework church is chapter three. I encourage you to read chapter three this week. And let's start out in verse one. 
Paul's speaking. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? And really, you have to go to the Greek to understand that translation because that word evil spell is really not the best translation. So that's why you go to the original meeting. It was written in Greek. And so it's that word evil spell is the Greek word baskino, and it means to give an evil eye, to give an evil eye. Who, church, who is giving you an evil eye? Who's casting judgment on you? That's really what it means. Paul is saying there's some Christians who are casting an evil eye on you and casting judgment on you. Some of you know what I'm talking about if you grew up in church. Come on now. We've all been there where we look and say, I can't believe she wore that to church. I wonder where they were at last night. And it's this eye of judgment. It's this eye of I'm better than you. Spirit, And this is what Paul is addressing throughout the whole book. I grew up in church, and not only did I grow up in church, but my dad was a pastor. And so when I'm out in the audience growing up, hanging with my friends, right, uh, he would give me the evil eye often from the stage. But there's one, one story that I'll never forget. And actually, after the service, a few people who were there, because there's some people that were there that day, they, were met, they, were met, they said, Pastor, I was there when your dad called you out. And I was sitting about the fifth row, and I was just having fun with my friends. And I was about 13 or 14, teenager, thought I was cool. And I was talking back and forth, and we were messing around. And, and my dad gave me that evil eye, you know what I mean, from the stage one time, two times. Three times, you're out, son. Third time I was out, and he called me out on the microphone. Hey, Jacob, settle down back there with your friends. And I was like, Holy Spirit, make me disappear right now. Holy Spirit, activate. I don't want to be here right now. And I'll never forget. I never did it again. I never did it again. I always just learn how to communicate without him seeing. <laughs> But some of you know what I'm saying, that, that eye of judgment. And, and, and if we're not careful, we too can have that evil eye. We too can look down on others because maybe they don't look like a Christian, whatever a Christian is supposed to look like on the outward, right? And we judge people by an outward, uh, outward appearance. And that's the best definition for what Paul's saying. He's talking about people in the church that come down on others because they think they're better than them. And, and what these people are saying is my human effort, my human effort is better than yours. And they, they judge you and they, they intimidate you thinking that you got to try harder. You got to do more if you want to be at the spiritual level of them. Bless God. And they shake their head and all this stuff here just shakes underneath. I hope you're doing good watching online. And can I tell you, church, this is religion at its finest. This is religion at its finest. And, and some of you grew up in church like that. And, and so there's a difference, though, between correction and judgment. Please know that. And that's another message for another time. Let's continue reading. Paul's like, why, why are you being so foolish? Why, why are you allowing them to judge you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. He goes on, <clears throat> let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by what? Your own human effort. It's impossible, right? Right? 
It's impossible. And that's what I want to explain today. Because the message of Jesus Christ is so powerful. But there are people in here today that Christians, maybe you've been Christian your whole life, you still don't know what it means to follow Jesus. So I want to make sure that every person in here, every person watching and listening, really understands what the gospel is. And this is how we ended up in this bad condition, because we committed sin. And honestly, it didn't take a bunch of sins for you to be a sinner. It just took one. It just took one. The Bible says every one of us has sinned, Romans 3.23, and fallen short of God's glory. Let me say it this way. Because of sin, we can't be in God's presence. Or say it another way. Sin and God can't be in the same room And that's a problem because God wants to be with you and God wants to be with me and he wants fellowship and relationships. So how do we get rid of sin? How do we get rid of sin? Because I want to be with God. You want to be with God and God wants to be with me. Well, the Bible says that the wages or penalty of sin is it's death. So the bill, the bill for every one of our sins had to be paid for and somebody had to die for those sins. And so seeing the dilemma, realizing that to get to God, you would have to pay for your sins. God said, I'm going to send my own son. And he sent Jesus to step into your courtroom. Come on, somebody. Your court, the courtroom of your life, and he signed your death warrant. Come on now. He paid the bill that you and I owed, and that's the best news of your life that your bill has been paid in full. Now, my assignment is to teach this today, but I'm really excited about this message, so forgive me if I get a little fired up today. Okay, thank you for the permission. And the bill's been paid. Have you ever had somebody pay for your bill at a restaurant? Um, I've had people pay for my bill quite often throughout the years, and I've got to give that back many times, and there's not a greater feeling than that, when God just kind of shows you, hey, bless those people. And sometimes it's people I know, other times it's people I don't know. And I'm just following that prompting. But I remember uh, one of the first times that someone paid my bill, the waiter came up and said, sir, I want to let you know that someone over in that section paid your bill. I looked over. Okay. (laughs) I wish I would have known that. I would have brought the whole family. (laughs) But, uh, but, but, But I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the thought. Wait, I just ate and they paid the bill. I just enjoyed a great meal with my wife and someone else paid my bill. Like, like, like I sinned, Jesus was sinless, but yet he paid my bill. If we had an organ, they'd be hitting it right now. Y'all ain't ready. And here's what I need you to know, church. Hell is not a place that God sends people he's mad at. Watch this. Watch this. Hell is a place where people can pay for their own sins if they'd like to. But you don't have to because it's already been paid. Wow, this is good news today. So, so it becomes silly. Watch this. For us to rely on our own human effort or our own human works, as Paul's saying, 
why are you being so foolish? Why are you trying to go back to the law? Why are you trying to go back to works? You can't work hard enough. You can't serve, give enough to be right with God. That's not what it's about. And so Galatians 3.10, let's continue. For all who rely on the works of the law are under, the cur- under a curse. As it is written, curses everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Notice God doesn't curse us. We curse ourselves. No, no, no. He, he took the penalty. He took the curse was nailed to the cross. So if we try to go back through human effort, we're cursing ourselves. You, you, they couldn't obey. In the Old Testament, you couldn't obey the laws. And you're thinking, wow, there was only 10 commandments. No, no, no. There was the top 10. That's like the top 10. You know the top 10 countdown? Come on. On MTV, they used to have the top 10 countdown. This is the top 10 of Christianity. But guess what, guys? There were six, over 600 laws they had to obey or they were not right with God. Think about that. Nobody could do that. And James 2.10 says this, whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles, watch this, at just one point is guilty of breaking it all, right? So what am I trying to say? The law couldn't be obeyed. The law couldn't be obeyed. And it still can't be obeyed. And like I said, I'm not talking about just 10 commandments. Let me put it in modern day. So like if you pray a lot, like if you serve a lot, like if you have perfect church attendance at Fuel Church this year, yay! Hmm? You can't do it enough because none of that will pay for your sins to be forgiven. Now, all those are great corresponding works that should follow the believer, and that's very clear in Scripture, and that's another series for another time on the fruits of the Spirit coming up in the fall of 2022. Shameless plug. So the law couldn't be obeyed because the law couldn't change you. It couldn't change you. It cannot change the sin nature. And we wrongly believe as humans, well, if I do something wrong, I can fix it. I can fix the wrong by doing something right. Don't we? Oh, yeah, we do. You did it this week. You threw an attitude to your wife. You're like, I was wrong, and now I'm going to fix it. Hey, babe, let's go on a date night tonight. Dinner on me. You're trying to make up for your bad, stinky attitude. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. And we wrongly believe if I can do enough good things, it'll outweigh the bad things, and then I'll get to heaven. No. Why then the law? Why then the law? Great question. Let's continue reading. Verse 24 and 25. So the law was our guardian until Christ came. It was our guide. It was our guardian until Christ and that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. What am I trying to say? The law leads us to Christ. The law leads us to Christ. So, so for the person who's really, really trying hard to please God and to get God on your good side and you're doing and doing works and doing things. And I need to let you know, you're going to stay frustrated You're going to be a frustrated Christian. You're going to be an upset Christian. You're going to have a joyless life because you need to run to Jesus, not your good works and not your good deeds. This is the gospel. This is grace. It is. And when you experience this kind of grace, a miracle takes place in your life. A change happens inside you and you begin to eat from the tree of life. 
Because it's not about trying to be more godly. It's not about trying to have better behavior. No, it's a life-changing transformation that leads to freedom in every area of your life. Verse 24 in another translation says, let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. Listen, friends, Christianity doesn't ask you to do right. It wants to make you right. You're going to get this. It wants to make you right from a transformation on the inside with God through faith. And that's why it's so important for you to understand what the gospel and what grace is all about. Because I not only want you to know it, know it, I want you to experience it. You can know it up here, but it not drop down to your heart and experience grace. And so it's so important for you to understand what grace is because grace is Jesus and Jesus is grace. And so I got to give you for the rest of our time. How do we live in grace? Come on now. How do we experience this grace? If, if we are not bound by the law anymore. If we are not to return back to that, then how do we live in grace? Four thoughts on how we can live in grace. Number one, grace is a free gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. That means you can't earn it. That means you can't earn it. Religion will have you saying, I earned this because I did this, this, and that. That's what religion says. But Jesus came to give you a free gift that you couldn't possibly get on your own. Think about your birthday. Think about Christmas. Think about the gifts that are exchanged, right? Who pays for the gift that you're about to get? The gift giver. Who gives the gift? The gift giver. Who gets excited and joyful to give the gift? That gift giver. Who gets to open it? The gift receiver. Who gets to enjoy the benefits of that gift? The gift receiver. Who gets to show gratitude for that gift? The gift receiver. It's a free gift. That means you can't do enough good deeds or works to earn it. You just can't. It's impossible. And, and, and so... We have to understand that he didn't just come to give us a gift, but he came to pay for our sins that had to be paid for. So we could say it this way. He gave his life and his life was his gift to you and I. And all we have to do is open it. How foolish would it be at Christmas? You stand there with a gift. Somebody took time and effort and finances to buy for you. And you just stood there and looked at it and everybody else is opening their gift and you come back next year and you still got that gift in your hand. That's what it is for all of humanity. The gift is there for everyone to come and open the free gift of salvation. Amen. In Romans six twenty three, we referenced it. it says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I, I'll say it this way. Grace is this, God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. That's the gift. 
That's the gift. We couldn't do it for ourselves. We couldn't do enough good things in order to be made right. He sent his son to make us right. And as we put our faith in him, we open that gift. Amen. And that leads us to our next point. Grace is received by faith. It's received by faith. And faith isn't just believing in. Faith is trusting in. Trusting. There's a difference. Watch this. The Bible says that the devil believes, yet he trembles. He believes the word. He believes Jesus is the son of God. He knows it. Remember, he was praise and worship leader and got kicked out of heaven and took a third of the angels. The fallen angels are now the demons that try to attack you and I every day. He took a third of them for his kingdom. Remember that. But we have authority over them. I said we have authority over them. We have power over them because we've received the gift of grace and the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It dwells in us so we can look at our kids and say, no weapon formed against my children, my family, my finances, my job will prosper. Devil, you take your hands off of it. I have the authority because I've opened the gift of grace. Y'all sit down and be quiet. I got a message to get through. It's received by faith. It's received by faith. And you trust your life. You trust your life to Jesus. Now, I believe in rockets, right? I believe I see them going up in the sky to the moon, to different planets. But you ain't getting me in a rocket. I don't trust it. I believe it. I've seen it. I, and I ain't got 70 million to go up. <laughs> but even if Elon came to me and said, hey, we're giving a pastor a free ride in the rocket. I ain't going. You may go. I'm not doing it. I don't trust it. I believe the rocket's real. I believe it makes it up to the moon. I've, I've, I've seen the videos, but I don't trust it. There's a lot of people that believe in Jesus, but they don't trust him with their life. They did a survey just a couple weeks ago. 85% of Americans believed that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. 85%. How many know not all of them are trusting him with their life? So just because you believe doesn't mean, come on, that you've opened the gift of salvation. You got you to surrender your life. You must trust the finished work of the cross, that the cross was enough. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, one of my favorite scriptures is so favorite, I tattooed it right here on my arm. <laughs> Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And it's not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works that any man can boast. You can't boast about it because you didn't do it. He did it. So that's why we make his name famous. That's why this church is not about Jacob. It's not about Tara. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. As we lift him up, he said, I will draw all men unto me. And I want to say something to those who haven't crossed the line yet of faith. You haven't stepped over and put your trust in Jesus. You need to know this about Fuel Church. I can't speak for any other church, but Fuel Church. You need to know this about this church that you belong here before you believe. And you need to know you belong here before you behave as well. Yeah, you need to know that. 
You need to know that this is a place for you. If you're wondering what this is all about, if you're exploring your spirituality, I want you to know you belong here. But I do need you to know until you cross that line, you will never experience the grace of God. It's impossible. You, you must receive the grace by faith, meaning I may not understand it all, but I trust him and I put my faith in him. And that's when the miracle of grace takes place. Oh, I'm fired up today. You can't decide it on the intellectual side. You can't decide it on sense and reason side. You have to take a step and say, I may not be able to figure it all out. And I wasn't there when he was on the cross and I never seen the fish and the loaves multiplied and all the miracles in this book. And the Bible says, if we were to put all the miracles, this book couldn't contain it. That which Jesus and his followers performed. I don't get it all, but I take a step across the line and I say, I put my faith and my trust in you, Jesus. Then you experience grace. Grace always finds your heart where logic ends. Number three, I'm going to get through them all. Grace is available to everyone. So you not only need to know grace is a gift, you not only need to know grace is received by faith, you need to know it's available for everyone. I want us to be a church, and I know we are, but I want us to continue to be a church that forever welcomes everyone. Never a church that casts the evil eye. Oh, I know what they're into. I know they were. I seen their Facebook post where they were last night. Can't believe they had the nerve to step in church. Lightning may strike this place today. And we, we, we cast the evil eye because people sin different than us. And I'll never forget it years ago, so don't try to figure out who it was. Someone came up to me, a man came up to me and said, well, you guys just allow anybody at this church, don't you? And he was saying it with a religious attitude, and I go, yep. And with as much pastoral love that I could muster up, I looked at him and I said, we let you in here. And I say that because be careful because we're all tempted to give the evil eye. You say, well, I've been serving God exactly. Right when they start with that. I've been serving God 30, 40 years, you know. This didn't go on back in the day. Be careful that we don't look down on others because they sin different than us, because they don't have the outward. And what this guy was saying is, I don't like the outward appearance of these individuals that are coming. But what he wasn't saying is, he, said, he didn't say, I don't like the unforgiveness and bitterness in my heart that nobody can see, the people that I haven't forgiven for 30 years because they hurt me. And we're real quick to judge the outside, and we're real good as Christians <laughs> to pound the pulpit and send everybody to hell for their sin but then want grace for our sin. I'm preaching way better than this section's letting on. Online is going crazy. They're spilling coffee and Fruit Loops and Cinnamon Toast Crunch right now. I pray the day never happens that all we have is Christians walking through this church. I pray it never happens, church. I pray it's like last Sunday. You invited your friends, your coworkers, your neighborhood that was far from God, and 145 people said yes 
to grace. Said yes to Jesus because you care about humanity and you care about the lost. The moment all we have as Christians walking through is the moment we stop fulfilling the great commission that Jesus gave us before he left this earth. I didn't need no Red Bull today. I got the Holy Ghost power up in this place. Don't mess with me, devil. <laughs> Romans 10, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall. There is no one exempt. There is no one too far from the reach of God. The Bible says his arm is not too short that he cannot save. There is nobody out of the grip of God's saving grace. So don't you dare give the evil eye, but you say, come on, come to church with me. Smelling like alcohol, all jacked up in your mind, not knowing your sexual identity. You come to this church because we'll love you enough that you will find Find grace and you will experience the person of Jesus Christ and he can change you from the inside out. Now sit down, I got two minutes left. The last point grace comes only through Christ. I know which world, I know the world's changed. I know we're living in a different time. And the world says there are many ways to God. There are many ways to heaven. Find your way. And you'll just float to heaven. Whatever you want to worship, you worship. And if you don't find a God, you just be your own God. And this, my friend, is the best of humanism. Self deity. I am God. I'll find my way to heaven however I want. I don't need a savior. And they don't like to talk about the savior and they don't like to talk about the blood. And churches have quit preaching on the blood because it's messy and people don't like to hear about the blood. Not this church. Not this church. It only comes through Christ. You can't do it on your own. And let me say this very clear. There is only one way to heaven. Not many ways. No, 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 no. That's another gospel. That's another gospel. I know they're preaching it. That's another gospel. There is one way and that is through the person of Jesus Christ because he is the only one that dealt with the sin problem. No other God did. All these other religions were trying to get free from sin. Muhammad, Harry Krishna. Come on. How can I get free? Their, their God died, but not for their sin. Their, the bones are still in the graves, but not our Savior. He took care of the sin problem. He is the only way to heaven. And here's a couple scriptures as we close to prove that. Romans 5.15. Many people receive God's gift of life by grace of the one man. Say his name. Say his name. He's the only way. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. What is grace? Grace is a free gift. Grace is received by faith. Grace is for everyone. 
And grace only comes through Jesus Christ. All this grace talk, pastor, sounds like I can live however I want. Nope, grace doesn't do that. It actually now empowers you to live for God. Titus 2, 11 and 12. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Watch what it does. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. It empowers us because we are in this flesh suit. We talked about it. We're swinging back and forth, right? To the different trees a couple weeks ago. We're in this flesh suit, but what grace does, it empowers you to say no to the flesh, say no to sin. Are you with me? What are you trying to say, Pastor? Here's what I'm trying to say in one sentence, and this is it. Grace is this. When what you ought to do, watch this, becomes what you want to do. When what you ought to do becomes now what you want to do. I I, want to go to God's house. I want to pray because I have a revelation of grace that even when I mess up, his grace covers me. So I have a revelation and I have a proper view of God. So I want to serve. I want to give. I want to tie to the church that is given back to me and my family and taught me the principles found in this where I want to serve. Put me on two teams, not three. It's not allowed. Put me in the outreach. Give me, I want to give back whatever it takes. I want to help out the Ukrainian people, whatever. Now it's not an, I have to, it's an, I want to. I want to serve God. I want to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I want to talk nice to my kids. I want to have the proper attitude even when I'm in pain. Even when I'm hurting. I I want to be kind to others even when I'm in a storm. I I want to have the right perspective as I'm going through the storm. So I'm going to find out what someone else is going through because it helps me not to be so focused on me and licking my wounds and throwing a pity party for me. That was for somebody. Not in the notes. Grace, when when, when what you ought to do comes, what I want. My wife's not dragging me to church anymore. I want to be there. I I, want to serve God. I want to do better. I want to be nice to people. I want to love others as Christ loves me. I want to do it. Bow your heads with me close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to us. Jesus, you are grace, and we want to be a people in a church that experiences you every time we gather. We need you. We don't need religion. We need you, Jesus. A vibrant, growing relationship with the Savior of the world. So today, God, I thank you for the person who's been struggling, battle, maybe with religious mindsets and a works mentality. I thank you today, freedom is coming to their life. For the person who's been in church and saved for many years, but has never heard this revelation of grace, I thank you today is a new day. It's a fresh start for them. And we praise you for everyone here, everyone watching. If you're here today, you're far from God, 
it would be our honor to pray with you to experience the person of grace, Jesus Christ. It would be our honor if you're watching at home, watching online, listening in the car, wherever you're at, if you need Jesus, if you realize that you have sins and he paid for them and you don't have to pay for them, that hell wasn't created for you, that Jesus wants you in heaven with him, but it's when you trust and give your life to him and open that gift. So all over the auditorium and watch online, you're here and you're far from God. You know you need to make this decision. You need to cross the line today. Or if you're here and you're a Christian and you've just fallen away, done some things you're not proud of, went in a different direction, but today I, I need to come back to Jesus. We want to pray with you as well. So heads are bowed and eyes are closed and we're not here to embarrass anybody to call you up front or anything like that. But before we pray, I just want to see who I'm talking to. If you say, Jacob, that's me. I, I need a relationship with Jesus. I need to know him personally. I want you to throw up that hand right all over the auditorium. I want my sins to be forgiven. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. All the hands shooting up. I see it. Hold them up for a minute. There's a bunch of hands. Hold them up just a minute. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on. You're ready to come back to God. It's been a long time. He says, welcome back home. Yep. Yep, there it is. Yep, thank you, thank you. Awesome, so many hands up today. So many people giving their lives to Jesus. Let's all say this prayer together with them. Say, Jesus, today I receive you into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you died upon the cross for my sins. I repent of those sins, and I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for the free gift of grace. I open it right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, church. There's a celebration going on. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You could take a screenshot, post it on your social media, and tag us. If you ever have the opportunity, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings. For more information on our locations and service times, please visit us at thefuelchurch.com. We hope this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey. See you next week.